Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boy, Zaheer, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to, to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. Conversation hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Is that a word? Can you say it's not it? related. When it's they not... hear this, it's going to be on Thanksgiving Thursday. I thought Thanksgiving was on the 22nd. So, so the 22nd is Thursday. Yeah. Oh, where? Well, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Um, <laughs> if, if you got bashed at the family function, definitely go no. listen to us in the car so we can brighten your day. <laughs> not got bashed. <laughs> now, can you take that out? That was mean. <laughs> if you got bashed at the family function, I hope you went jail after being bitches ass. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But if you're the cunt, go listen to us in the car. <laughs> Think about it. Regroup. Smoke a blunt if you was me. Uh, yeah. And regroup. put some shades on because you know you don't want to disrespect your elders. Make sure you have some perfume. <laughs> Get you some eye drops. You know I'm 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 dropping gems. Get you some eye drops. You know some perfume. You don't want to. You don't want to offend nobody. Go back in and chill out and smash, girl. Go and get you some of your grandma's pecan pie that you've been waiting all year for. And what else did I like for Thanksgiving? I really, really like me some juicy. I used to like juicy ham, but not anymore. I don't know how I'm going to replace that this Thanksgiving for because you know I'm vegetarian, so. Uh Maybe we can make us a vegetarian ham, babe. Oh. Dust. Okay. So, uh, anyways, we're going to kick this thing off right. Uh, uh, I wish we could so we, put some music in. Start this thing off right. Start this thing off right. And I'm going to pass the mic to Z. Then I'm going to pass the mic to Z. I guess he's not feeling me and Diamond. That's fine. Uh, whatever. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about eight tips to get through the holidays if you are like a queer person. All right. So mm-hmm. um, here we go. Number one tip is 
Figure out friends you can call or text. When you're stressed or scared or your family says or does something messed up and you need advice to just get through the situation, just to vent, have a friend or two on standby that can that you can reach out to. Yeah. Don't text your good girlfriend that gives you tough love. (laughs) (laughs) Suck it up, bitch. Um, Also, you can set boundaries. You are allowed to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. You are allowed to take care of yourself. You are allowed Allowed. to take care of yourself. Understand. Too often we get Mm -hmm. messages that as LGBT people, it's our responsibility to always be on to always advocate for the cause or um, to behave properly or to keep the peace, be reasonable. We're told that it's our job to endure the demonization, you know, the sermons and the degrading and misgendering in the name of having a dialogue or whatever. Don't just close people out. Fuck that shit. No. Don't <laughs> pay it dust. When y'all when y'all aunties and them say, oh, I'ma call you such and such because that's what you was born as. That's how I know you ass. Politely pay no. them dust and walk away. Go get you another another piece of pecan you, pie. You don't get permission to talk to me then. Yeah, pay them dust. you can't respect me, you don't get permission to talk to me. Dust. And we don't have to make this situation awkward in no. the family situation. We Mm-mm. just don't have to talk. Mm-mm. All right, let's just enjoy ourselves. Have a great day. Oh, you're going to call me that? Oh, no worries. So have a wonderful con- day. Our conversation stops now. I'll talk to everybody else. But you, no. <laughs> and I'm going a, I'm to a specifically ask everyone questions out loud uh-huh. so that when you answer, I'll just answer everyone else's. <laughs> um, we can set and maintain boundaries that keep us safe, happy, and healthy. You don't have to go to Christmas service at your awful childhood anti-gay church if you don't want to (laughs) you don't have to um explain how you know you're a woman on the drive to your auntie's house you don't have to explain any of that communicating your boundaries to your family ahead of time might work well for you or you can decide on them yourself and enforce them in person when you when motherfuckers rub you the wrong way you do not you do not have to make accommodations for motherfuckers disrespecting you. No, ma'am. No, Pam. No, thank you. No, turkey meat. Um, another another tip is to make time to be alone. Like, sometimes you got to go to, like me just the talked fu- about. Go to the car. <laughs> Roll up all the windows except for one at the back. Because <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want the people to smell, you know, you don't want to get caught and uh-huh. try to, baby, listen, I haven't had one them times. But, you know, go ahead, take some time for yourself, regroup, because, you know, you want to respect everybody and come back. And sometimes it's not about, sometimes your family can be really, really supportive, but you just need a, you need some space and sneak away and get some time to yourself. Yeah. Spending time with a lot of people can be exhausting, especially if you are an introvert. And family is, if your family, (laughs) not just family, if your family is particularly not supportive, it can be extra exhausting. Um... Make time to sit in the bed, read a book, go outside, take a walk, go smoke, run, and you ain't probably ain't gonna have no bike to ride. But if you can, go ride a bike, or take a little nap, go to the car, take a little nap. Um, ask them, hey, can I go lay my head down somewhere or whatever? Do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. Um, 
Push your titties up high. <laughs> make sure your face is beat. All Bitch, that. make sure your hair is all the way down to your butt. Girl, make the girls know it. <laughs> I'm, I'm being extra, y'all. Don't do that. Um, remember that you can celebrate holidays with your chosen family, too. Mm-hmm. You don't just have to go to your blood relatives' places. You can have your chosen family and get your life. You don't have to um stick with your traditions yeah. start your own traditions start your own traditions that's mm-hmm. what I did I started with my own my chosen family and we just started to do our thing mm-hmm. and if my blood family wants to pop through the respectful ones come on through girl. come through yes word out you decide um, you want to bash it you will get bashed and it's no worries um, now of course we are told that spending time with the your blood relatives is the proper way to bring the holidays in but don't think that getting together with your close friends to celebrate holidays is not a qualifier it can be christmas it can be thanksgiving it can be hanukkah kwanzaa whatever you celebrate you can do it with your friends most of us consider our close friends to be a part of our family right Mm -hmm. that's just what we do especially gay Um, families exactly we're there for each other unconditionally we don't have to worry we don't have to deal with the emotional labor of explaining our gender identity or in front our, of the whole fucking or, table or maybe the choice in the wor- worst moment uh-huh or our sexuality in front of the whole people or explaining explaining especially for y'all too like why you just if you was gonna get somebody that used to be a boy why would you why don't you just get a Reversing, why don't you just be a girl be and be with a boy why don't mm-hmm. y'all just switch it and be right together I've you been be a man and you a girl i know i know y'all heard it because mm-hmm. i heard people say it to other people who, <laughs> who are trans mm-hmm. who are in trans and on trans relationships mm-hmm. and i'll be like what no because bitch i don't like bitches that's why I never be like what okay get my face yeah go you don't want to have to explain that in Mm -hmm. front of everybody Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to Um, you know and then your family remember um, to celebrate the holidays with people you love because that makes it fun it makes it more important it makes it um, I don't know it just makes it better like who wants to be in an awkward situation with some motherfuckers that you really don't fucking support you? That'd be the worst too. Yeah, like, like when you on. know that Uncle Raymond about to come through, mug you. Joke. Like my Uncle Carl, I love him to death. He's passed away now, but I knew even though he never like shunned me or called me any kind of weird names. Anytime we were in a situation together, he would always make some kind of joke about my penis. <laughs> something he will say uh well shit diamond since you ain't using it mine don't work no more you might as well let me use yours i wonder <laughs> if it's a surgery that they can do that <laughs> like he would say all oh, just the weirdest he's he's trying to be funny and bring light to the it situation light to the situation it would be interesting if they could transplant penises so they're trying to translate heads and faces and shit. Oh, so right. I'm sure they're trying to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, just take, I told my uncle, just take some Viagra, nigga. <laughs> and motherfucker, I use my penis while you play. Ah! <laughs> Not at the and family I, function. I, I sure do. <laughs> if you want to make crude jokes, let's talk about it. <laughs> you want to go there? Let's go there. Who told you I wasn't using mine? Ah! <laughs> Boo-boo. <laughs> Another thing that you can do if you're trying to survive the holidays is to sign up for a Twitter account. Like, it's really helpful to sit there on your phone in the middle of the session. And rant. And rant and talk about how your auntie is a hoe. 
<laughs> but judging you for being gay, <laughs> she done went through five husbands. And it's okay to be a hoe. It's not, I'm not saying it's not okay to be a hoe. Make you but some you memes. Know, it's, you know, make some memes, do something. Mm-hmm. But you can vent on Twitter and we're your people who follow you are going to be like, yes, girl, we know what you mean. They're going to be your support system in that moment. So mm-hmm. definitely it's a whole bunch of people to reach out to. So make you a Twitter account and vent and kind of get responses for like-minded people, <laughs> ask for prayers <laughs> or anything that make you laugh in that moment to make you a little bit more comfortable. You can and not only like a Twitter account, you can actually bring your journal with you and write some shit down that you are feeling in the middle of a session. You can bring your journal. Don't worry about being petty or being too angry or lashing out. You can say whatever the fuck you want in your journal. It's your journal. You can write whatever, whatever you feel, whatever that's going to make you feel good in the moment. You can write it in your journal. Also, a nice, good, sickening pair of headphones. Headphones that you can put in your ear. And see, this is why I said be with your chosen family. Because if I got to sit in this fucking space with headphones just to stop, just to ignore you motherfuckers. Then I shouldn't even be here. <laughs> I shouldn't even be here. But let's just say you have to because you feel some kind of obligation with your mom or with your, your dad, dad or and something. They said you need you to be there. be there. All that kind of stuff. Which you don't. But just say you feel an obligation and you went ahead and went along with it. You know, you can have some headphones that have your favorite music, have on your phone or your computer, have your favorite movie playing that make whatever makes you feel good. You can have your headphones on and you can listen and play the music and play. it. I love a movie that always makes me happy is The Wiz. So I love watching The Wiz. It's just like, oh, and it actually can change your tone because y'all can start talking about The Wiz. Especially if you got some older folks, they're going to talk about where they was when the movie first came out and blah 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 and how they was when they went to go see it the movie it can really change the tone of the conversation or you could be petty like me and you know call your good girlfriend and and talk about everybody in their face (laughs) (laughs) that could work um don't do that that's bad advice also what you can do to prepare yourself for the holidays and this is the last one um create a good juicy beautiful exit motherfucking strategy <laughs> mm. all that tea you've been saving up since childhood spill 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 and don't then hit listen. it don't listen to me <laughs> <laughs> no you know you can say you know how we we can be resourceful we can be real schemy and sneaky we can get a friend to call as an emergency <laughs> baby get you get you some laxatives put it in the in the gravy um no say you have to leave at a certain time and you know when that time come hit it all right baby i gotta go it's been nice smooches yes as soon as them laxatives start hitting bitch hit it <laughs> <laughs> and then if it's if it's if, if it's going good you don't really have to leave at that time remember but mm-hmm. you can say oh i gotta leave at two o'clock <laughs> you know because i got some stuff i got gotta be at work you know gotta pay these bills come on <laughs> um give yourself permission to leave if things are too intense you don't have to say super late you don't have to be there as long as the people that unless you drove with somebody then it's kind of like ooh, bitch drive your own oh that's a good tip drive your own shit drive your <laughs> or, or have your uber, money for your uber uber and live so you can get about out of there if you need to you can stay in a hotel instead of sleeping in your in your in their house in your parents house or whatever get you a room if you can afford it um do what you girlfriend. need to do to be able to make an exit. Mm-hmm. So, 
Y'all got anything y'all want to add? Um, Z ain't said nothing this whole time. You real quiet today? No, because I got <laughs> one in, one piece of advice. What's that? What? Look up the origins of the holiday <laughs> and don't celebrate it at all. <laughs> and there's your problem solved. I know that's right. Okay. <laughs> I feel you. Boom! Just celebrate your off day. So self care. So what? Since this is the the being thankful holiday. Um, mm-hmm. Happy Indigenous Folks <laughs> Day! Um, <laughs> Tell me what you so far this year you guys are thankful for. Hmm. I'm thankful to have grown with Mia. Oh. Here she go being fake. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm thankful to yeah, have y'all, y'all like y'all year. my year. Yeah, we didn't have no anniversary or nothing. Um. Continue. Y'all had it. Y'all just didn't do nothing to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. Did. Y'all had it. We can still do it later, babe. Um. Also, I'm grateful to have built a better relationship with my dad. Oh, that's nice. We kind of yeah. We kind of talk a little more. Also, um, just kind of this is like kind of first time I've been like on my own in a way. So it's kind of like I'm kind of and it's what's interesting is I've actually learned how much I've built myself to be prepared for adulthood. So I'm thankful for myself, really, (laughs) for the strength that I've acquired in all these times, me gaining more comfort in my identity um, and just in myself all around, just really. It's been a lot of self-awareness in a different way. I used to think that being recluse would solve all of my problems. But as I've been more social and networked and kind of been out and about, I've learned more than I, what I've learned being recluse. Mm. Okay. What about you, Mia? Diamond. Oh, um, <laughs> I am thankful to be gainfully employed, even though I, I be tired <laughs> as fuck, but I'm game. Being gainfully employed makes me. It takes away some anxiety with the life shit mm-hmm. that comes along. You know, with the life shit that we have to do as trans folks, it it makes me feel more secure. There's, it's something that is in my pathology that when I have a secure place to stay, food to eat, um my self-worth and how I feel and my anxiety is rooted rooted in that. So if Mm. it's shit going wrong, I ain't got no way to get no coins. And well, you get what I'm saying? When I'm not secure, it makes, it gives me anxiety. That's the only time that I feel like, Oh my God, I can't sleep because I got this going on that all that kind of stuff. But I've been gainfully employed for like seven years Mm -hmm. and my longest stint with the company that I've ever worked for. And it really gives me enough security to really never have to, as long as I go to work for these 40 hours, I never have to worry about like my rent. I I got a place to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for this new, um, this new group of friends Mm-hmm. that I have that I'm that have just recently um solidified in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all are included. Um not that we just recently but you, us doing this podcast has even made us talk more mm-hmm. and closer. you know, closer. Um Z 
come I didn't know him prior to the podcast so um just having all my podcast friends just having a new wave of friends because mm-hmm. I, I went like through, a refresh yeah like a refresh mm-hmm. of some new people mm-hmm. and you know when Drake brought out that song no new is it Drake that brought mm-hmm. no new friends yeah he had that just new song and I was like I was singing like ah, no new friends you know you know I, <laughs> no I new my friends. friends most of my friends that I've had my long term friends I've been friends with them for like fucking years like I think it's good to develop new friendships yes Ty mm-hmm. I've been friends with Ty since we were fucking like 11 mm-hmm. um Vanessa I've been friends with her since I was fucking 22 mm-hmm. um so most of my friends that I've had in my recent years, they're like, um, I've had them for a long time. Mm-hmm. What's shady. interesting is, go ahead. This is going to be shady. Speak the truth. It's going to be shady. It's not shady, it's the truth. Shame but. the devil. <laughs> but they've been letting me down in my mm-hmm. in these recent years. Like, um mm-hmm not being as supportive as I want them to be, mm-hmm. not being at events that I care, that I really want my family and friends to be there. Um, but then at the same time, I'm always there for their shit. So it started to feel like there wasn't any kind of rep- reciprocity in the relationship. It was one-sided. And it wasn't enough for me not to be their friends. Like they didn't do cert- like things like it makes you want to distance yourself it makes me want to distance myself Mm -hmm. and so but we know being trans you this life especially as you get older it can get really really isolating Mm -hmm. really really isolating so i'm like if i get rid of all my friends and i don't want to get rid of them it's just i'm distancing it's like Mm -hmm. yeah they didn't it wasn't like one particular incident it's just a combination of things Mm -hmm. where i feel like it's not any reciprocity in this relationship. Mm -hmm. So it makes it unhealthy for me. So I want to kind of end it. Mm -hmm. And so once I decided to end it and I was like, oh shit, well, if I cut everybody off, then I'm going to be in this fucking house working and not having no friends. And then all of a sudden, all these beautiful people, all these beautiful (laughs) new people, (laughs) just, you know, they're coming and I can text them. I can talk to them and, Go to events that they got going on, and because they go to my events, and you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah. it's some reciprocity in the relationship, mm-hmm. and you know I'm thankful for that. What's interesting is I found myself like unconsciously and kind of consciously distancing off my friendships that didn't really see me like I wanted to be seen, like respecting my transition. Right. Like, and, you know, which is fine, but it's kind of like, I feel like I don't give them the benefit of the doubt sometimes. So like, I kind of just was very more so educational and pushy about everything. And they kind of just came, started to come around. So I feel like sometimes you, some situations you can give people the benefit of the doubt, like old friends and stuff. It's just hard for me though. Right. It's just hard. Cause I'm, I, I just, I'm very good at respecting people. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I should get that back. Right. So. You should. You deserve it. Right. Absolutely. My problem with friendships or relationships in period, like uh, friendships and family members, I'm, um, I'm really bad with um, connecting like staying connected like always being involved and like i have to remind myself oh check up on this person check up on that person check mm-hmm. up on this person all the time because i'm so used to just well that's not so self-absorbed 
but it's not that it's just I don't know I it, it sometimes it seems like um I'm not I'm I'm being selfish and stuff but I'm always thinking about everyone so I, I have to tell myself hey when you think about someone just let them know because some people some people in my life kind of make it well they have felt like um I'm distancing myself away from them or I really don't care about them and that's not really true it's just that um I don't know. Sometimes I feel, I, I feel myself not being sure of how to react with certain people because I'm very uh, sensitive about uh, other people and how they feel about things. And I, I think that's why I'm sensitive. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like, I'm very, I, I, I want people to not feel like they're being disrespected or I don't know. So I try to make sure people are comforted, but then I'm like, okay, then it's not wrong to check up on people and make sure that they're okay and letting them know that you care about them i think that's important because you never know what what'll happen yeah so i'm thankful for everybody in this room like everybody in this room diamond c like everybody has had played a very important in my life uh important part of my life like with me getting to know myself as a person because both of you will tell me straight upward how you feel when you feel like it whether it's wrong or right so that's what something you mean wrong I'm just <laughs> no I'm well no you'll tell me like if i like if I do something wrong, just because I'm your girlfriend, oh, you're not gonna okay. be like, "Oh, okay, you were right." No, you like, no, you're wrong, and I'm the exact same way. You both aren't biased, so I'm definitely grateful for you guys because you don't find people who are um, who genuinely care about others. Now you hear you hear people say that people genuinely care about others, but like there are certain people who actually go the extra mile. Living, yeah. yeah, and and that's really rare. That's really rare because a lot of people want something back. Right, it's ulterior motive. Yeah, a lot of people want something back, and of course you will, you would, you would think that okay, if I scratch your back, you would scratch my back. But I, I, I appreciate you guys a lot. I really do, even though I may not show it a lot, but I do. And um, I'm thankful for the for um, back page being closed down. It's kind of contradicting mm. in a way but um how so because i was oh can we take this out no it's why like not real why we gotta have real moments when i decide to like take well, don't, shit back. Well, thank you for you speak. Out, but let me see what it is well i was saying i'm thankful for it being closed because um it got you up off of your ass and got you two jobs yeah and <laughs> i had to like really focus out a and way uh manage my money you, manage your money that which is really important happen. now i got taxes <laughs> but the bad part about it is contradicting because i'm kind of like over it the fact that it was closed down because you know i was I was making a cute coin, but then it, it made me really lazy because I knew that I could make a certain amount of money. Did I already tell you the new site? What? Did I tell you the new site? What? Did I tell it to you already? No. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's well, the new site? I'm going to tell you. Oh, it is. When we're done, yeah. Are the girls making coins? Oh, you got to try it out and see. Um, never know. I'm not an escort anymore, guys. I like coins. <laughs> I'm not an escort no more either, but a uh, bitch. Uh, but 
I have sex and I like getting paid, so having to do it together ain't a problem. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> so I'll tell y'all a new site. But yes, that's good because I think that is. We got to yeah. do an episode where we share stories. Our escorting experiences. Stories. So I think that would be interesting. I think we should do that specifically for our Patreon folks. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we got some good stories. <laughs> I got some. I'm sure Diamond got some interest. Z been locked in a headlock. Diamond got hit. (laughs) She had to shoot. Diamond got hit in the face with a gun. I, I done been robbed five times. Well, I want to talk about the, the bad stuff. Well, talk about no, the but thing. everybody think it's beautiful and it's just ooh, everybody's rainbow. making coins. Oh, yes. no, I think they Pro think it's bad. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm just oh, making no, sure. It's so bad. Okay, <laughs> I, th- I know they think it's so bad. Anyway, we can talk. About okay, it. okay. <laughs> anyway, so is that all you thankful for? No, I'm thankful for my mother being oh. here because um, me too. She has a lot of. Um, health issues being overweight and being a disabled veteran mm-hmm. and the VA not really caring about their vets so they just give her whatever like oh you got this okay we have a, a new prescription out of all the 17 pills we're giving you so they just give them whatever to make them shut up mm-hmm. and numb the pain basically and it just gets worse and worse and mm-hmm. like she's been bleeding uh, having Uh, she's been bleeding vaginally for years now and they can't tell her what's going on and she's um she was admitted to the hospital about a month or or two ago because she lost too much blood and they said if she hadn't been admitted it could have been fatal so i'm just glad she's here because there was a time uh, there was a moment where i thought she was gonna have to have um I forgot a hysterectomy Mm -hmm. which could be fatal for her because of her health issues Mm So I was really afraid about that, but I'm I'm still kind of I'm still kind of afraid, but I'm still glad she's here. So right now, yeah, same here. Yeah, my mom, my mom's going through her. Um, she's fighting her addiction still, mm-hmm. and um, but then she got some news about cancer. Um, so I'm dealing with that. So I'm glad my mom is here too. I'm glad so, she's yeah. too. She's yeah. a beautiful. She has a really beautiful. So I was had the opportunity to meet her once. Yeah, she's cool. I'm grateful for my pothead mom. Yeah. Yeah, I need to meet her. Cause <laughs> baby, so she got everything. Like mom? No. Well no, well, well I have met her, but I'm saying I need a session. Oh. oh. <laughs> right. That's a that's a different type of meet. <laughs> right. Meet and greet. <laughs> yes, God. Party favorites. Yes. <laughs> Let's have a session. And what have one last thing that I'm grateful for. I'm I'm grateful for being here. Like being alive. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm grateful you. I'm happy you're alive too. Thank dude. you. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy y'all are alive. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know. I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. <laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar 
a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Oh, wait. I got one more thing. I will be in San Francisco, California to be your San Francisco treat. Now I'm playing. I will be there for an event called the State of Emergency Violence Against Trans Women Forum. I will be there. It is hosted by the comment. Wait, this that's this Monday, like the Monday after Black Friday. Yes, y'all ain't got shit to do. Y'all don't spend all your motherfucking money feeding into capitalism. <laughs> and this event is free 99. It's free. It is free. Like you can come and see the doll for free. Like, I mean, it don't get no better than that. Anyway, it is hosted by the Commonwealth Club of San Francisco in partnership with the Michelle Meow Show and Queen Culture Initiative. They are throwing a great event and they have invited us to have a timely, timely discussion. Timely, timely. Like, like it should have been had years, decades ago. <laughs> but it was not, so here we are. Having this discussion about the violence against transgender people, it is going to be me, Elle Hearns, and Tony Michelle Williams doing our thing on a panel talking that motherfucking shit. Ugh. So make sure you come and see us. Like I said, it's free. The link is in the bottom. And I think that's about it. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. All right, back to the show. <laughs> so today I'm going to talk about... Um, a couple in Ohio who f- tried to force their um, transgender son to stop hormone therapy. And last week we're ta- we were talking about conversion therapy and um, the movie. What was the movie called, babe? Boy Erased. Boy Erased. And the movie Boy Erased. <clears throat> sorry. I'm so sorry. No it's not porn. No worries. It sounds like soft porn to me you know the beginning <laughs> but um um but basically they they're a christian based family and they have other children and um they told him that he could not do um his therapy they um they stopped him for uh from taking hormone replacement therapy and instead of um, him going to see a counselor because he was diagnosed with depression and anxiety and gender dysphoria. They stopped that and ha- um, had him go to conversion therapy, Christian quote unquote conversion therapy. And um, not too long after that, um, he made a complaint to a hotline or some type of hotline um, that he was threatened by his father. His father basically said that you should kill yourself because you're going to hell anyways. So just get it over with. How old is he? He was he's only seventeen. Okay. And um the state picked it up and they went to court and it was proven that they're it was unfit. An unfit and unsafe environment. Right. And so they lost custody of him. His parents? Mm-hmm. His parent his parents lost custody. Sickening. And this is Ohio? This is Ohio. And so my question to you guys. At what age of your transition should you be able to 
forcefully imply that you want a hormone replacement therapy. Wait, what was the question? At what age? Mm-hmm. What? That you would forcefully imply that you want hormone replacement therapy. Oh, wow. That's tricky, yo. That's tricky. I don't know, because... I don't think that should be an age. I feel like because we all are aware that everybody wants mm-hmm. different things. So I feel like it depends on the degree in which the person is suffering. I don't know. See, that's why that's was that's why I'm always on a different side of the community when it comes to parenting. Mm-hmm. Cuz I don't know. I feel I don't know. I, I, would, I can't really. It's like when I'm when I'm your parent and you take care of me and I take care of you and you're on my insurance and I'm your caretaker like you can't force me to do nothing like you can't like I'm your parent I'm taking care of you so yes there's a level of freedom and there's a I just think there's a difference between a 17 year old and a 10 year old mm-hmm. I can't tell you the exact age that I would be like oh they should be able to tell you you know that they're trans and da 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 da. I can't tell you the exact age. Let me ask y'all this: mm-hmm. uh, Do y'all wish y'all would have been able to have access to like hormone blockers when y'all were younger? No. Yes, I yes I did. Yeah, but not- then I did, but now no. Why? Because I want children, and I I didn't uh, have I don't before yeah. puberty you don't have no way of um saving your. Yeah. If you have if you have puberty though, there's and then you get on hormones, there's still a possibility. It's only when you don't have any puberty, any natal puberty, to right. where you can't you know have can't conceive. So I but knew- hormone blockers, I be, I think so are reversible no matter if you reach puberty or not. Right. Yeah, but it does it does have some infertility problems like yes like mm-hmm. if i was like i i was able to voice that i wanted to be a girl at four or five years old so if, say for instance my parents say hey okay we know what this is boom hormone replacement therapy i was started at five there's no way i'm having children now well i don't think it was started at five they don't start it at five it starts later but i'm just saying like mm-hmm. at that young age if that was possible mm-hmm. then no i wouldn't be able to have kids well i don't think it would be okay no not unless i was able to fi- find a way to um be able to have children in the future then okay yes but everybody's uh I but, did- even, but a lot of parents they use that as an excuse to stop the transition because you can't have children not not because you can't have to they'll say what if you change your mind about this later i feel like if i'm not if you're not at age to where you can um where i can explain all of the disadvantages and the advantages then you shouldn't be on hormone replacement therapy but if i could lay out everything to you what the disadvantages and the advantages could be or the effects and you know all the fertility issues and you can comprehend it and be like okay then that's when i feel like i i could allow it yeah i think that's always been my philosophy yeah it's always been if you can talk to me about it thoroughly if you're at this age of development, whether that's 10, 13, 15, 17, if you're at an age of a development where you can you can explain to me and discuss with me and go back and forth with me 
about the consequences, about um, what you're going to have to deal with once you make this decision, then I think you're mature enough for me to go ahead and go mm-hmm. to the doctor and support you in this decision. But um, let's say that I don't think you're mature enough for it and mm-hmm. you're 16 years old and I don't think you're mature enough for it. I think the reason why this particular case was a big problem and they had to come into and take the child and they, they lost custody is because they were making fucking disgusting, despicable fucking threats. Not, not necessarily threats, but statements like go kill yourself. That's not, you're not, that's, that's not, not something a parent, a parent says to say. a child. Yeah. Like, so you motherfuckers are, and then you send them to Christian conversion therapy. That shit is fucking, we know that shit don't work. So you just believe in a system that doesn't work. So that it is unsafe for the child to be in your home mm-hmm. and you are doing things to let them know that it's unsafe. If it was me, you know I'm not gonna be saying no shit like that. You see what I'm saying? I'm gonna. I feel like I'm reasonable. I feel like I am. I am gonna come to you with a loving heart, an unconditional love. That I just want you to be safe. I don't want you to be harmed. And because I have lived experience and expertise in this situation, um, I need you to be able to explain it. And if you are saying some dumbass fucking shit that I don't think makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't feel like you make, you are mature enough for me to, to me, to deal with this shit. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I would feel about if you 16 and you go to the state and say, oh, my parent is not supporting my transition. Yeah, because As some I'm- people transition and regret it and kill themselves. Yeah. As I reflect, I I always um realize how much of a big impact of socially transition would have been more than like actual medically transitioning. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that would have benefited me like a lot more more than like medically transitioning as far as how my childhood went as as good as medically transitioning like as beautiful as it sounded as a kid well not that i knew about it but like when i reflect on my childhood i always think about how how much better off i would have been socially transitioning so i feel like as a parent i would i would be cool with socially you know trying different things out but mm. i agree too both saying y'all don't know what age limit yeah i don't know what age limit and even with myself like thinking about what you said i do feel like socially i would have been more advanced Mm -hmm. because i feel like while i was in school if i wasn't worried about transition shit i could have advanced more Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of my 20s was spent creating the body that i wanted Mm -hmm. working hard to create the body i wasn't doing like normal 20 years olds was where they're going to school and building a career yeah, I try to shy away from focusing on body stuff. Yeah. But like as a teenager, I always thought about like like when it when I graduated, I always thought about like, okay, this is the only way for my life to start is if I medically transition. Right. Like I always feel like, okay, this is where my life begins. And that's where a lot of people feel like as well. Once the medical transition but, starts. Yeah, but I feel like if the social part was there, it would alleviate a lot of dysphoria. But sometimes it's just easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like 
if I had a supportive family that I could have started started hormones earlier mm-hmm. and just got a lot of the transition shit out of the way, the physical yeah. shit. I feel like if I had like my breast done, my body done, everything in my early to by my by my early twenties, I feel like I would have thrived better in mm-hmm. my twenties if I was not focused on transition shit. Mm-hmm. But because of how I didn't have a supportive family, I didn't. No, that's not true. I did have a supportive family, but they were not transition supportive to where we're going to help you figure this out. Like mm-hmm. I see some young trans people like Jazz Jennings where their family is helping them financially figure their transition out. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have that kind of support, mm-hmm. um, which most black trans folks don't. We, mm-hmm. you know, our parents trying to make ends meet. Yeah. And so, um, mm-hmm. Um, so having that financial support, that kind of where, where like Jazz's mother, um, went in search for doctors, like literally Mm -hmm. went and found doctors for her Mm -hmm. to help with the transition and help, um, ask questions and stuff like that. So I didn't have a thing. I had to find shit out on my own. Mm -hmm. So if I, most of the stuff that I found out in my, that process lasted most of my twenties. It wasn't until, shit, I was like 28 that my physical transition, wait, shit, not even 28, like later than that. Like so two, almost like 30. 30? 30, 32. 32. Yeah. That's when like you did the, your effort. Yeah. Up. So my physical transition was over at 32. Mm-hmm. Like my last surgery that I needed that, mm-hmm. to make me feel comfortable. Like when you, but then you see all these other races. Like I seen this little white girl, trans girl on um YouTube. Oh my god, this little blue eyed blonde hair girl was sickening, <laughs> and I just was like, oh my god, if I had this type of su- type of support and this type of coin. Well, I know a black a black um a black woman who has a black daughter who transitioned when she was young. She's like eleven now. She's been transitioned. I know a black one. There's they're they're out there, but I know the common is other races mm-hmm. <laughs> but there is a black one and she's been a youtube subscriber for years her mom has and they would watch my videos together it made me feel so good Aww, <laughs> but it is a black one out there i see her at conferences she brings her daughter mm-hmm. to conferences and um she speaks at conferences as well even without her i feel so like she's good the people that transition really young should come out of the woodworks and kind of talk about how much of an impact them transitioning well they do most of the ones they do uh-huh. like jazz is one she does like they do do work it's just it's their kids and they they gotta live their kid life and that's what when i talked to the the black girl's mother she was like you know she's going through school and dealing with kids stuff so this activist stuff is grown is a grown person's arena Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't feel like this stuff. Yeah, true, true, true. But I mean, like, as far because we're saying you should be this age and you should be able to voice this, but they seem to have medically transitioned young. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, how is their life? Like, that's like, I'm like, so how can we say you need to be this age and this age? But I'm saying, like, it depends on the level, the person's level of dysphoria to me at the end of the day. Like, I could be like, Mm, I could be like until you can voice it to me but then it's like some people's it's just so excruciating for them their level of dysphoria mm-hmm. 
So I feel like I would have to have a trans child and because I know we're all different as far as levels of dysphoria. So it's just kind of hard to say age. Mm, a trans sure. child would be expensive as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's expensive. No, because if you get them on mom's early babies, some things they can't, they don't have to have. That's true. <laughs> that you know, shit that we have to fix because we went through puberty. True. Yeah. You know, some- but didn't didn't Jazz say that she wanted children on yeah. one of her? Yeah. But then, it, but then she wanted a sex change, and her piece was too small for them to create a. Uh, uh, you know a uh-huh. vaginal um, mm, opening opening not not the opening but like the depth of it and so that was a problem she was having because mm. she started so early her that piece it didn't just grow. nothing I didn't mm. know that because mm-hmm. mm. her piece didn't go through pewter and get big like a grown man oh. <laughs> so, wow. so and your v- vaginal for people who don't know about sex change your vaginal Damn depth it. that's the truth your vaginal <sighs> depth is based on the shaft of your Mm. Penis. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the bigger your penis is, the deeper your cooch is gonna be. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And if you don't have, if you're not circumcised, the better your um, sex uh-huh. changes outcome is. Yeah. Because you haven't been cut on, it's easier <laughs> for them to um, make the clitoris and the vulva. Mm. Yeah, because you got more to work with. So that's mm-hmm. that's interesting. Um. Hmm. So yeah, I can't give you an age. It's when you can. Mm-hmm. You can voice um, it. So you both agree it's when you can avoid. No, I feel like the real question should have been: Do we feel like it would be legally okay for um, non-supportive tr- uh, parents to lose custody? I mean, my question is my question, but you could have asked that. I don't know. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, if it's if you <laughs> asshole harmful motherfuckers like that, you need to lose your children. Yeah. <laughs> You need to lose I your agree. children. Like I don't got yeah, time yeah. for that. Like I'm not here for it. You, you, you had babies and don't want to unconditionally love them. They didn't ask to be here, motherfucker. They didn't ask for you to be the vessel that they came through, and mm-hmm. they didn't ask for your religion. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask for what you believe. They just came out and let you know where their life is going. And if you mm. are not agreeance with it, then and not even agreeance. If you if you don't have the decency. To not say shit like go kill yourself, you shouldn't have children. Mm-mm. Like you just really, you just. Why a, would you tell a child that no matter how angry you get? No matter what the situation is, like motherfucker, get out of here. Like that's why. <laughs> do y'all ever get tired of talking about trans stuff sometimes? Sometimes I do. Sometimes, <laughs> like, when, when motherfuckers be like, oh, you're a man, and why do you want to be a woman, and all this bullshit that you could fucking Google, I'll be like, uh, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, I feel like, I don't know. I don't get tired of talking. I get tired of those I get type of, of educa- I get tired of educating some yes, people, mm-hmm. especially ignorant people who, you know, no matter what you tell them, they're still going to feel the it. same way. You're not going to so get what the it. F- So yeah. I like talking about trans stuff on my time and on my, uh-huh. how I want to talk about it. I don't mind that. It's like, kind of like being loving to talk about being black and the mm. black shit and shit, black shit that I love. Black hair, black bodies, black yeah, Even that gets annoying. I, it don't get annoying to me. I love it. Mm. So I, I love it. So because I love it <laughs> and because it's on my terms it's not a problem 
But just like transness, I don't get a problem when it's about me celebrating it and talking it and dismantling the issues that comes with it Mm -hmm. on my terms. I enjoy it. Yeah, like with the trans stuff, just kind of telling basic shit is like tiring. Like same with being black saying, I need my rights. In reparations, <laughs> like that, it's kind of like, shit, ah, like why don't but, you see? It? You don't see it, okay? Unbagging the traumas with the oppression that ties with it is comforting. Yeah. So I want to talk about ah, um, dysphoria. <laughs> I had to stretch dysphoria and eating disorders. Also, um, body image issues. You know the intersections of body image issues. So mm-hmm. I um did a poll on Instagram because the majority of the people that follow me are trans folks, especially trans folks of color. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked. Is this specifically aimed towards trans men? I asked. Um, have any of y'all ever dealt with eating disorders prior to medically transitioning? Or just transitioning in general. 19 out of 24 of them said yes. So uh, I kind of did some research on um, the alignment. Not really the alignment. The intersections of eating disorders and uh, transitioning. Um, So on this article from nationaleatingdisorders.org. It says transgender college students had over, they did a research, uh, transgender college students had over four times greater risk of having been diagnosed with anorexia nervosa, nervosa or bulimia nervosa. That's happened to me. And two times greater risk of eating disorder symptoms such as purging. Um, study of transgender Canadian youth found that youth who experienced more frequent harassment and discrimination were likely to have eating disorder symptoms, while those who could draw on protective resources like supportive schools and caring friends were less likely. Um, transgender individuals who received gender aff- affirming medical intervention interventions had improved body satisfaction and lower eating disorder symptoms. So I know for me, I suffer with um anorexia and binging eating disorder um i starved myself a lot it started around 13 when i started to hit puberty and i started to fill out at the bottom or whatever like at the at my lower body Mm -hmm. um i started to eat less not knowing why i thought it was just like a just like a regular body image thing like i'm thinking like um maybe it's just like i just don't want to be fat like any other girl you know there's a stigma around women not being okay with being fat and not really a stigma it's a reality but um i thought it was just that so i used to starve myself a lot my parents were aware of it kind of just dusted it down but i realized it was like a like a really toxic situation after i i really did a lot of research on it because i knew it was something wrong i didn't want to be anorexic so um i looked up documentaries and you know i would force myself to eat sometimes i'd be like okay you need to eat but i would constantly find myself counting calories and just counting everything and just my relationship with eating was just so it just happened day in and day out a day in and day out a day in and day like every day and then i would think about food all the time like my relationship with food was, was like do i eat it today or do i not eat it today okay i should eat something because i don't want to die so it was just kind of like oh it was just so bad and then like 
as time went on, that's kind of where my veganism derived from. I knew I was like, okay, I could be skinny, but I can be healthily skinny. If that makes sense, I could be plant based, like a healthy fit, like. But then, like, it was just kind of hard for me. Me being estrogen-dominated, it was hard for me to lose weight. So it was just like, uh, because I went vegetarian first. So it was still hard for me to lose weight, and you know, all the benefits were there. I was like, okay, this is beautiful. Okay, this is my answer, vegetarianism. Then they graduated to veganism. Then they graduated to raw food veganism. And I was like, okay, something. I don't know. I'm still not happy. Something is. I feel good. You know, eating healthy makes you feel good, but still, it's something there that's that's bad. So then I went to binge eating. I found comfort in food and I was like, okay, something, I don't know. And I got really fat and I was like, something is just not right. And I realized that, you know, I was on the verge to dying if this kept on going. Like if this just kept on going, I just knew something bad was going to happen. So I came across, you know, my transness i found my i found that i was trans got on hormones my eating disorder literally stopped the same day and never came after that so like me medically transitioning literally saved my life so and then like as i reflect i know that my anorexia was just from me trying to masculinize my body so you didn't really see curves you didn't really i just tried to make it as masculine as possible and i thought okay maybe if i got really fat also i remember thinking this if i got really fat you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between titties and like girl titties and fat titties (laughs) like Ah. that was my mindset around me being big so i kind of was just like uh, but i knew it was just it was bad but me medically transitioning just changed everything and it made me realize how much of us actually suffer from this not even knowing that it could be something else it you know i even i even watched something on michael jackson to where his dad used to tease him about his look a lot he used to tease him about his big nose and how dark he was and you know all these different things he eventually got a plastic surgery and so like a lot of us don't realize a lot of the deep traumas we have can really you know affect our body image and not only trans people suffer from body image issues but ours is a little complex and i wouldn't say a little complex a little more complex but ours is like it's surrounded around gender and our gender identity and that's something that's kind of kind of tough to navigate because gender is spectral so it's just kind of like ah when is the right and wrong time to do this and will i be man enough will i be woman enough will i be this enough will i be this enough it's just like whereas cis people it's kind of like okay i gotta undo this trauma and you know maybe i can go on about my life so <laughs> i kind of want i know i kind of that was a long explanation no thank you for sharing That's beautiful. <laughs> thank you but i want to know you just kind of um screamed out loud i dealt with that so i like how did you navigate your issues around eating disorders and body image mia um i honestly didn't think about it until just now honestly I didn't really think nothing of it because um, I didn't. Okay, I wanted to be, I wanted to be as feminine as possible, but then 
I got bigger at one point and I started my tit my breast started well my breast started growing and um I remember there would be times where I wouldn't eat like I just what age was this I was in middle school I was probably like in like fifth grade mm. uh fifth grade is elementary isn't it mm-hmm. or but I think it's middle school but yeah so um well yeah, here just, in Texas that's elementary that's the last grade in elementary most places mm-hmm. now because back in Indiana it didn't used to be it used to be 6th grade but then mm-hmm. now it's 5th grade it's because 6 is with 6, 7, and 8 mm-hmm. in middle school now mm-hmm. I don't oh. know if it, it was like that when I was in school mm-hmm. well I was young mm-hmm. I was like um, and I just I, I remember there would be times where I just didn't eat and I would just eat a little bit because I would try to lose weight and um, did you eat in a lot yeah did you eat in a lot feel masculine it wasn't about me feeling masculine or, masculine or feminine. Because me not eating a lot makes me feel feminine sometimes. It's weird. No, that's not weird. Because <laughs> me, me eating a lot makes me feel masculine. Really? Because to me. Yeah. Oh. I do not associate eating with being masculine or feminine. Really? And that's so... Yeah, because my mom, I remember going out to eat with her and... um remember when you came over for thanksgiving last last year mm-hmm. and um oh mm, she triggered me go ahead yeah, tr- <laughs> she, she triggered me too i was like oh um she was like oh because we were talking about um i think we were no we were yeah. well we had thanksgiving at my mom's house yes uh-huh. but me and my, my mom had went out to eat oh. and she was like i'm so happy you finally found somebody and you know you know because well, really, because Izzy used to be a woman, and now you can have grandchildren now, and it's it's right in the Bible. And I was like, "Shade." <laughs> <laughs> I, I can would, see how that could how somebody who wants you to be yeah. cis heteronormative will be like, how, oh, "Okay, how you being with somebody who, because they." Because they don't respect your new gender, they oh I know what you really are. But once they find out that he's trans too, oh I know what he really is. So y'all yeah, match. Yes. Oh, yeah. You're not going Sydney. to hell. Ah. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. Ah, you're not going to hell. Y'all still kind of straight, but yeah. But there, yeah. There you go. You, you will have to Make answer some work. questions, but you going through the door. Make it Stupid. work. <laughs> Stupid. It's like all y'all. So <laughs> we were sitting down eating, and she was like, "Um, she was like, do um, so how are y'all at home?" I was like, "Oh, we're good, you know. Sometimes we get into it. We've been getting into it, like, cause at the time we were getting into it a lot. So we've been getting into it all because she, of She was like, "Um, really deep, <laughs> literally house business, house business." House business. <laughs> And um, she was like, oh, well, you know, because um, she used to be a woman. So that's where that's coming from. I was like, okay, mama. Come on, you little word out. Well, you was wearing me out the whole entire time. And so I was like, okay. And she was like, I was like, I felt so bad this Thanksgiving week. We invited Z over because I forgot to tell you that he was vegan. And she was like, yeah, I felt so bad. She was like, oh, but um, he didn't eat that much. And I was like, yeah, Z doesn't eat that much. And um, she was like, well, you know, 
women usually don't eat that much. <laughs> I was like, Mama. She's wearing it out. <laughs> Microaggressive. Micro, no, that's not even microaggressive. That's, that's <laughs> aggressive. Macroaggressive. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like what's up I said so what you trying to say I'm not a woman I'm not trying to say that me I'm not trying to say that so what you trying to say he not a man I'm not saying that I'm not trying to say that but say it indirectly but <laughs> and so I was just like what you saying with both of you saying that y'all reference eating habits to connecting towards a gender i'm like that never registered to me like i would just really just masculine and feminine i don't really want to say that it's gender so it's because it's a lot of big girls i get what you're saying i get i kind of get that (laughs) but it's more about like if i'm on a date i would feel it was masculine if i ordered three entrees (laughs) (laughs) really i would pay it does (laughs) you know like if i just order all this food i'm like Bitch, I'm about to eat. Oh, <laughs> that one feels so masculine really? to me. Yes. I do that all the time and dust it down. Oh, I'm no. like, oh, I want this, this, and this. <laughs> and wear the fuck out. Yeah, you know, you want to order a salad. Oh, hell <laughs> or, no. Let me order a salad and be a light, you know. <laughs> so you won't seem like a greedy ass bitch because that's masculine. And then the nigga is going to say something because I done been on a date before and the nigga was like, damn, you eat real good. Really? I, I, had, I ain't never had no chick on a date eat this much. Uh, oh, <laughs> That's and because like, they don't eat good food. I like food, honey. Um, and I it mean, could be something that I feel like is regular. Like it's it, I, no, I'm not talking about literally ordering three entrees, but like I order, <laughs> you know, I want this and I want this and you know, I want this and I want honey, this. So country, my appetizer, my entree, and a dessert, and, and a dessert. You know, yeah, it'll be something that I think is normal. I but, think that's normal. Yeah, but. I, I I don't know. It's just something like if I see you, it's speed of eating too. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm like that. That's something that I do relate to y'all with. Like with <laughs> speed of eating and the way you eat. Like like prissy and you know with yeah, your pinky up uh, and make sure you have your knife your like napkins. If you're make sure you're scarfing it down. Just. And eating real fast, I think that's masculine. It can be, but then sometimes, like when you're hungry, it'd be like, man, fuck y'all, I'm a bitch. <laughs> Wear it out. And I bet you, cis people that listen is probably like, mm, I know plenty of women that do that or men that man, do that. Man, there was this, there was this girl named Lakina that went to my school, and um, she, we would go to lunch, and she would, she wouldn't give a fuck. She would just eat her food in front of everybody and just wear it out. And I was just like, that looks so comfortable, like. <laughs> Like it just like just to be able to eat and not give a fuck about how people perceive you if you're being masculine or feminine or or real whatever and I was just like you know what I'm just gonna try that. I don't remember it being. I don't want to say an issue. It's just something I thought about. It never was an mm. issue, but because I don't I don't think I relate on no um on oh, eating disorders. Anything? Yeah, I, okay. I don't I don't think um. Food has never been something like that to me, but I do relate in the sense of, it, and it might be so. Yours, what it, what I took from it is yours. You saying that because you 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 wanted to masculinize your body and not mm-hmm. have the curves, so you wanted to lose weight, so it can be up and down, mm-hmm. and not be curvy. Um, I think for me, 
it was the opposite because I didn't want to be up and down and I wanted to be curved. Mm. And the and the stereotype of black the stereotype of trans women and when I was growing up is if you fat, you fish because you your fat covers up your muscles. It covers mm. up your jaw structure. <laughs> your jaw structure. Mm. It, your fatness makes you more feminine because it's everything is softer. Mm. Everything is um I can see it. You know, so I, you know, I used to think that too. Until you Until see a big burly ass man. That's heavy set. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, you're not real. <laughs> no, you're not. You fat, but still it's not real. Man. I don't still, see it. You still, it's still a big man booty. It it's still a big man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a big it, man booty. It get booty. real extra. It get real. Where I was like, uh, uh, but I thought me getting uh, away. Uh, me gaining weight made me look softer because I was always skinny mm. previously. <laughs> um, so being on hormones and gaining that weight fleshed me out and it just made everything soft made my legs get thick made my arms get thick it just made me look less like a track runner (laughs) baby (laughs) i was more i just was softer and so i wanted to gain weight i wanted to um be thicker and so i can relate in regards to that mm-hmm. like I knew I know I want my body to look a certain way so gaining weight was never food was never the enemy mm. for me because I wanted to gain weight and it was so hard for me to gain weight I didn't want to get muscles so working out was the enemy oh, okay. <laughs> so because I knew I had testosterone in my body working out even now to this day we just talked about this before we started mm-hmm. the show um, working out is a scary thing for me like now I'm not, I haven't been on hormones in years. Mm-hmm. And so God, since 2013, mm. it's years, years. So I haven't been on hormones in years. And so I know it's enough testosterone in my body for me to lose weight fast. Not only not just lose weight fast, but bulk up fast. And get muscly fast and all that stuff that testosterone does when it comes to working out. So I know naturally that I produce more estrogen than a normal guy based on um, blood work that I got done um, like at the beginning stage of my puberty because I started to grow breasts. But now I don't know what being off of hormones had changed because, you know, as you get older, your hormone levels kind of drop. Mm hmm. Um, so I don't know how that's working out in my body because I haven't got any blood work done in regards to hormone level mm-hmm. and stuff. So I don't know how that's working, but I'm still fearful to work out thinking that I'm gonna it's going to masculinize my body. Mm. So I want to lose weight, but I don't want to lose weight in a way that's going to make me look like <laughs> Jackie Joyner Kersey. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to look like a track runner. I don't want to. But I don't think strong. you will because you got your body done. So it would be sickening. But what, my arms look muscly. Well, my legs look muscly. Well, you have to trigger certain points. <laughs> muscly. Yes, like I you with it. I don't know. So I I had asked my friend, my friend Ty, because we have a friend, I don't want to say her name, but we have a friend that we know that she has an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Like she's uh Is she trans? Yeah, she's trans. Oh, okay. And so I wanted to bring her on the show and I I went and hit I hit my friend up and I was like, uh, hey, does I'm gonna change her name. Um Shaquita. Shaquita. <laughs> Does Shaquita acknowledge that she has an eating disorder or is that still kind of under wraps? And then my friend said, no, not publicly. No, not at all. Um, okay, I gotcha. I was just checking. She was like, why? I said, I wanted to do, we want, we're, I know that Z is talking about eating disorders next episode and I would love to ask her to come on the show and talk about it. But 
literally like she we we know she does like we know it like what is she skinny or so like it's her shit, behavior her behavior mm. things that we know she does yeah like, yeah 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 so for example we we'll go out to a buffet to eat okay mm-hmm. She will scarf, 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 scarf. Oh, and throw it up, perch. And then she will get this big ass large cup. And while we're sitting there talking, now we didn't notice it at first. Like this is over time that we noticed this. She would have the cup, and she would be talking to us, and she would be throwing up in the cup. What? What? How? Like a big ass large No, cup. but no, I know that. But in how she throwing up in front of y'all? Y'all not knowing it. Not throwing up like. It's not like that. It's just, she's <laughs> so dramatic. Yeah, it's not a dramatic throw up. It's like a a con- she's controlling it. Oh, she's gotten that good, right? Oh my god! And so while we're talking, mm. while we're going through the process, she's doing it in the cup, and she will go empty the cup and come back <sighs> and continue. So this is her process. At first, we didn't notice it, but we would She's be like, "How is she eating this much?" We would be like, "Bitch, like we got our little two, three plates." You know, when you go to a buffet, you get a little one, two. You, you, we eating good. Get you something you to drink. Know, we and you full. Yeah, we man, got, I wish I could pig out at a buffet. But she is just pigging mm, out. I and don't. We're not Them tripping because we we getting our plates too. So it's not like. Mm-hmm. But then. Where we'll get like three or four full plates, not four, about three three plates and some ice cream or something. She's getting like six ice cream, this dessert. And we're like, how is she eating this much? Like she's on some eating contest type of eating. And then then we'll all be over. We'll be sitting, you know, if you're eating dinner, you're sitting talking. And then she start. Is she skinny? Yes, but she used to be like Rick Ross big. Oh. And so, like prior to her transition, because I think in just like your situation, I think transition changed, saved her. I don't know. I think transition helped her too. Okay, so, it alleviated. It's something. To something a degree. happened. But okay. I think her way of getting smaller was bulimia. And so, oh. and so she, she, she would throw up. So over time... We started noticing, and I started seeing, and so I, w- I saw her go to keep going back to the same trash can. Mm. And so one time, I got up, went to that trash can, and she had poured all the throw up from the drink uh. in the trash can at the restaurant. Oh my god! And so me and my friend was like, "I think she's bulimic. I think that she is bulimic. I think that that's what's going on." Mm. And she would do it if we were at home eating or if we were at a restaurant eating. Da 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 da. So she so, normalized that. It started to be her normal thing. And I don't think she knew we noticed it, but we noticed it. And so... There's always signs. And so we started talking to her about it, and she never admitted it. But she stopped going out to eat with us. Mm. And she stopped doing the cup thing. She started going to the bathroom. So, of course, you're going to the bathroom to throw up. Because you... It started... It starts to be like a... I have to. I feel the need to take this out of me, and so um, I wanted to be bulimic so bad. And I but wanted my, to be. Yeah, but my fear of messing up your teeth, of throwing up. Yeah, that too. I have this really because yeah. the acid from your stomach when you throw up, the acid from your stomach can mess up your teeth mm-hmm. over time. It can mm-hmm. erode the enamel of your teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has teeth problems. Oh, 
yeah. So it was a lot of things that, uh, of course, me dealing with this stuff. I'm I'm like, come on, (laughs) get it out. You have the classic signs of this stuff. Yeah. And so, but I know this is a sensitive subject. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't close to her, so I couldn't say anything. But my friend was a little bit more closer, so I I told her like, you know, see if she's comfortable talking about it. You don't have to confront her like some type of intervention, but see if she's comfortable talking about it. And eventually, it just became a conversation. And um, she was like, um, she never really admitted it, but we kind of we kind of knew. So I didn't know if because they were closer, if they had conversations. So I wanted to see if she wanted to talk about it. And she was basically, no, um, she hasn't really talked about it. Um, she was like, um, and then so her response after we got done, I said, I think we, she said, I think that we all have some sort of um, eating disorder. And I was like, trans hmm. folks or everybody in general? I didn't know. So I said, how so? What do you mean? Hmm. And she says, um, I said, it, she said, it's just a different perspective. Um, just c- catering to, I think she was talking about trans folks, but this is what she said. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Cause I wanted to see what she meant when she said, all of us have some spout of it. Um, um, she said, just catering to a traditional female beauty. We are taught that thin is sexy. So we don't eat when we're, when maybe we should or we overeat because we find comfort in that or um overeat because we want to be thicker and more feminine and those things done in moderation is cool but if you're doing it too much i think it can be considered a disorder i said hmm let me chew on that because i didn't really think about it and i had to really think about how food has played a part when it comes to my Body, body image. image and my transition and only thing I came up with was what you said like I did think that food gaining weight um, I wouldn't think it's to the level of like a disorder for me because mm-hmm. um, it's not affecting me in the same way um, mm-hmm. but spectrum wise I do think of um, I think I do think that my overeating not overeating to the point of obesity but overeating where, you know, sometimes I do a little too much. I'm not hungry and I'm just eating just to be eating. That kind of stuff. Eating out of boredom. Eating out of um, that. Um, I do kind of feel like it started off by like, I'm not worried about my weight because I want to get thicker because I want to be more womanly. Mm-hmm. I do think that. I think that mm-hmm. the habit of eating started off by not being conscious of it. Not worrying about Wearing about my eating. Does it make sense? Boo. I'm looking. <laughs> you the one staring with your tongue out. <laughs> Anyways. But now I find myself feeling, because I don't know. I, I wonder if a lot of short men go through this. Mm-hmm. Feeling like I want to fit this size. I feel like a little boy. And then if you're mm-hmm. short, on top of that, you feel like you want to fill out your clothes. Now I start to feel that pressure sometimes, but it's not on a level to where it's eating disorder level. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, okay, because another part of me not eating a lot and me being so scrawny is because of my past relationship with food. So I'm afraid of the possibility of me gaining weight, but me having knowledge that I won't feel out like a like a woman, you know, me being on hormones, a cis woman, not being on hormones would 
it would be different. It would be a different relationship. But I try not to get in the mode of worrying about, you know, food so much and weight so much. And, you know, just kind of see it as um, kind of like a fitness journey more so. Not really necessarily to where it's toxic. Just not let it consume my life. But let it be a balance to where, you know, my health is all that matters. I try to think of it in that aspect not focusing on body image so much and achieving this this body type and you know not always focusing around it so much so yeah (laughs) that's all i really want to touch on if y'all have anything yeah this is also a trigger warning i know this is a late trigger warning (laughs) (laughs) but if y'all have any you know any other trans folks out there dealt that dealt with the same thing you know you can hashtag us and whatnot and you know if you feel comfortable talking about it you can even if you're not trans yeah i want you guys to know that you're beautiful in whatever state that you're in and you are enough so imagine that you have a trans friend if you consider diamond styles your friend consider me so imagine that i unfortunately pass away and you need closure and so you come to my funeral services for that closure to honor me. And when you walk in and you see me in the casket, I am in a blue Navy suit. My hair is cut with a fade. I have no makeup on. Um, there is no femininity about me. I, they have buried me as a boy. Totally opposite of the identity that I represented in life. How would that make you feel? This is what happened to Maria Gonzalez and a lot of trans people upon their death. Maria Gonzalez was the first openly transgendered police officer at in the um, Philadelphia Police Department. She worked there for 15 years and then she passed away. One of her caretakers said that when she retired, one of the things that she shared was that she just wanted to be buried in a pretty dress with matching nails um, representing the woman that she was. But upon her death, her next akin was her daughter by her ex-wife. Her ex-wife and her daughter came into the situation and turned everything upside down because they had the legal right to. They buried her, cremated her body and put it put her in a jar with blue ribbon and blue flowers that said dad on the jar. They used her dead name. They used he him as pronouns. There was no remnants of her life as a woman. And because this was her next of kin, they had the power to do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I remember um, this girl named Jennifer Gable. She died in um, October 2014. She was 32 from an unexpected unexpected aneurysm. Mm-hmm. Her When her friends attended her funeral, they were outraged to see that she was displayed in a casket with a man suit on, no makeup. Her hair had been cut. And at no point during the service was her female identity even mentioned. Oh, so So she had she had been living, living as a woman for how long? 
Um, since 2007. This is 2014. So this is like seven, seven years, years later. Uh huh. Um, and she she had been living and working for years as a woman and living her womanhood. Um, and she cultivated a community of people that loved her and respected her. Um, then we got a trans man named Christopher Lee. He actually was an activist and he died in 2012 at age 48. He had been a well-known activist, co-founder of transgender the Transgender Film Festival, which is a, a, the biggest transgender film festival in the United States. One of the co-founders. He had been living his manhood for 20 years. That's a long time. He had his driver's license changed. He had everything changed where, on paper, his identity was his identity. But on his death certificate... It read Jane. The obituary? <laughs> no, death certificate from the oh. state. Oh. Um, so they basically changed his legal documents on their own. Exactly. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's the whole process. They right. So Christopher lived fuck? his so his friend who picked up all his, his stuff, his friend Christopher said that Christopher lived his life all the way as a man for twenty years. And then just to be just for them to misgender his death certificate, which erases his history and his hard-won identity. For me, reading this for the first time, I got really emotional Mm. because I've been living my life for a long time. And for somebody, and the people who love me, who would come to my funeral, who would need that kind of closure, for somebody to... Change your identification. To change everything about me. For that you to, made you you. That made me me. For me to cut, for you to cut my hair, put me in a suit, do everything you need, you do to masculinize me in my casket for a service that is meant to be for my f- people. Mm-hmm. That has been, that is meant for my friends and loved ones to mourn me. And you present me in a way that is totally not who they know. I just feel it's like disrespect on a whole different level. It is. And if that ever happens to me, if I ever die before my time, I want everybody to go to my motherfucking funeral and wear it the fuck out. (laughs) Whoever y'all find out did it. I want you to twirl them on site. I'm giving you permission. Hopefully I die with a big old beard and a big old dick. Oh, so even get you a they piece. Want, they can cut it. Yeah, <laughs> no, the fact. Well, they can, not, they can cut your beard. Yeah. Oh, true. Make put you on a wig and make All right, so <laughs> so let's talk about it from a funeral director's perspective. Um, uh, there was a funeral director named Jeff Jorgensen. Um, he works out of Seattle, and he said there was nothing in his funeral director education that specifically addressed gender identity. He emphasized that the family, not the deceased, is the client of the funeral home. So understand that. So when you're next of kin, the fu- the person who is dead is not the client. It's the person who is paying them. The person who got the benefit, the benefits, the insurance benefits, da da da. This is our client. This is who we are burying this person for. This is who the services are for. The person who is doing this service. So the deceased person is not our client. And he says, um, 
They not gonna at least put in their two cents. Are you sure? But that's not their job. <laughs> oh, because mm-hmm. are you sure you want to give me your money or not? It's like it's you gonna give our me business. Yeah. It's our business. So we cannot present a person who identifies as a female as right. a female if the family doesn't wish it. The family could want them dressed as you know in a clown suit riding a plastic carnival unicorn. <laughs> And we would oblige because this is what they're paying us for. That this would be is what they paying us. Yeah, that would be my sickening too. <laughs> <laughs> um, both. He said, I believe that those who love us in life should be the ones who take care of us in death. He, uh, Because he never re- received any kind of gender identity training, he really didn't know how to handle it when it came up. Like mm. They never talked about this in the mortuary school. Mm. Understand that. Because... When it comes to burying people, it is mm, black and white. No, think <laughs> about who is mostly dying. Old folks. Sick old people. Mm. Like 50s and between 50 and 80 years old. So when it comes to the the mortuary school system, they like some years behind. When it comes to cultural advancements and dealing with things that are more progressive, it's safe to say that the funeral industry is like 20 to 30 years behind today's culture when it comes to cultural concerns. So, um, and so is the, so is the training. So we got to understand that. Let's talk about it from transgender perspective. Some trans folks were asked if they were aware of what they can do to make sure this type of shadiness doesn't happen. So, are you guys aware of what y'all can nope. do? No. Are you, Mia? <laughs> hmm What? What is it do you think you can do? Come back and haunt the fuck out of everybody. <laughs> everybody who, who participated. <laughs> bitch, I'm slamming doors when you f- close your eyes and think you're sleeping. I'm I'm knocking shit off the shelves in the, in the, in the kitchen, bitch. I'm shaking it, shaking it for you, girl. Rattling chains outside your window. That's me. How did I know that was the resort? (laughs) So I thought, okay, so I thought, oh, you just make a wheel, honey. You just make a wheel and give people power of attorney. Hmm. So I thought that that was the solution. But when I asked around to pop my bubble that is not the solution oh. <laughs> gag so I let's it talk about too. it yes 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 um, one available legal document is the advanced directive which is actually two main documents a living will which contains instructions about your medical care and a medical power of attorney about your or it can be called a healthcare proxy um, in which you can appoint a person to make medical decisions upon your behalf. Like if you're unconscious, like you're in a coma, somebody who has the power of attorney can make the decision to rule the blood or mm. to keep you alive, that kind of stuff. Um, hmm. The Transgender Law Center offers a document that trans that is really trans-specific on their website, meaning that it contains sections not included in other living or most living wills. Um, this allows you to make clear the name and pronoun should be used for you if you become incapacitated, how you want to be dressed or groomed in the hospital or any kind of facility that you're going to be in, um, any kind of assisted living facility or funeral home. 
So, like, this is if you are alive, they have the power of attorney to make these decisions for you. Like, you can set up the will and for the power of attorney for that. I know about that. Well, I didn't know that specifically, but I know about power of attorney. So, the power of attorney is a good thing to have while you are alive if you're going through some kind of medical addition. A medical condition but the problem with a power of attorney is that power of attorney which is often the main feature when it comes to advanced directive it really expires when you are dead so it only works when you're like in a coma or like you're in a facility where you're still alive but Mm. once you die the power of attorney is gone Mm. So that's why when I thought the power of attorney was the end all, they were like, nah, baby, that's not the case. Because when you actually pass away, that document is actually void now. So they don't have the power of attorney. It's the power of attorney was for when you were alive, what to do with your medical condition. Like they get to make the decision because you cannot for yourself. Mm. That's all the power of attorney does. So, so, so for example, say that you got a domestic partner who has power of attorney. The parents can still conceivably barge in and take control because the power of attorney is void. So say you with your husband and and your parents never wanted you to be gay and definitely don't like your gay ass husband (laughs) because they probably think he turned you out and made you gay and and made the conversion therapy not work. (laughs) (laughs) So they come in and say, oh, no, 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 we we're the next of kin and that power of attorney is void because he's dead. And we're about to dress him like a boy, our son. (laughs) Or you can't, we're going to do whatever we need to make him like we want him to be. So um, that's the shadiest shit ever. And and they can come and do that. Why would you do that to someone that I think that's, that's like walking up to my casket and slapping me in front of everybody. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, So what do you do about this? What are your legal rights? What do you what can you do? So there is something that you can do. The Funeral Consumer Alliance has a detailed state by state list regarding personal preference laws for body disposition, which indicates the most states will honor this form to appoint someone other than a spouse or next of kin to make decisions about your body disposition position and funeral arrangements okay the right of the funeral agent supersedes so when you do this paper this form it makes that person your funeral agent Mm. legally and your funeral agents hit the rights that he has over your body supersedes the rights of all other people including the spouse including the relatives whatever This is where specific instructions about the viewing of your body, makeup, dress preferences, and specific funeral home and cemeteries can be added. And you can put in your details of what you want to happen for your death. It's a lot of shorter and less. It's a lot shorter and less complicated than uh, advanced directive. So people overwhelmingly use this, and it is called the personal preference laws for body disposition. Personal preference laws of body disposition. Uh-huh. Personal preference laws of body disposition. Disposition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we're gonna put the link in the bottom. So if you need it. So if you are a trans person. 
and you are alive and well, we know that the average life of a trans person, a black trans person, black trans woman is 35. Oh, bitch, I got a couple of more years in me. Yes, so that's average. There's some outliners. You could die before that. <laughs> or you could die after that. But we know no matter how long it's going to take, we know we're all going to die and we want to be respected at our services. So go and fill out that paperwork. If you can't read and write, get somebody to help you with it. Because we don't have rights over our dead bodies. Because we don't have rights over our dead bodies. <laughs> Unless we can we set it up. Prepare for it. Unless we prepare for it, we can set it up and um, make sure that we are being buried the proper way, and um, somebody can't come in and be like, "Well, he was born a boy, and I want him to go see Jesus in the blue navy suit like he used to wear <laughs> at Easter Sunday when I used to take him to church before he got into all of this gay." This gay dressing up, this drag queen Being like cross-dresser cross stuff. Uh, it kind of sound I, like my grandma. I, I, I should do miss when you used to wear pigtails. I can imagine me dying tomorrow. And they putting pigtails. a lace on you with pigtails. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that would be so lame. <laughs> like, so. My mama told me that when she died a long time ago, she wanted me to come to the funeral with a suit on. <laughs> And all I could think about was, I'm gonna be the baddest bitch in that motherfucker with a suit on. This mug is gonna be sickening. Be for the a nasty heavens. Taylor suit. What? I will come, but you didn't say I couldn't wear pumps. Oh, it's gonna be everything. Uh, you didn't so say I couldn't yeah. have a train. So make sure you have your death affairs in order and we're not trying to bring y'all down we're just trying to prepare y'all so these motherfuckers can't um wear you out and then i come to your funeral trying to pay you your respects and you sitting there i know you as keisha and you sitting there looking like kevin mm-hmm. i don't live for that i'm not gonna do that and i already told motherfuckers who um who come to my funeral i really don't want to be in, in no casket I want to be cremated <laughs> mm-hmm. but if I if for whatever reason I'm in a casket and you come in my funeral and you see me in a suit <laughs> I want you to take all of your strength and kick over that casket I want you to kick the casket down I want everything in the fucking place to be tore up that's not me in that casket don't worry about it. You're not disrespecting me. Uh, you okay. Don't worry about it. Kick it down. <laughs> Push it over because they done disrespecting me. And but you, you going to fall out the cast. Let me fall out. That's not me. That's just a shell. I'm gone from there. I'm somewhere getting my life in the astral plane. Get don't worry about it. Right. Don't worry about it. But don't let them disrespect. Don't let them get the comfort and the peace disrespecting me. Tear that whole motherfucker down. However you need to do it. Just kick it down and walk out. <laughs> so as soon as so you wait your turn in line, boof, and right. smooth walk out. Smooth walk out. Be like, oh. And just do it if it's too heavy, because I'm a big bitch. If it's too heavy, <laughs> the other friends that you see in the spot, say, y'all know what Diamond told us to do. <laughs> and One, it, two, Let's go three. get it. Boom. <laughs> wear it out. Tear the whole house up. Tear it up, tear the whole thing up, cause I ain't. That's not how what I wanted. And somebody trying to be funny. <laughs> well, anyway, um, 
I really feel like we should get our affairs in order and do our um, personal preference law of body disposition and get the forms. I'm going to put the link in the bottom. And I think that's about it with my topic. Oh, thank you for all the surges of patrons that we got this hey. week. Yeah. Thank y'all. And the donations for your time. Doesn't and that sound you, so old familiar? Oh, my God. Thank you for your donation. Thank you. Thank I don't you, tell the niggas you. thank you for your donation. I say, oh, okay, there's a door. Are we talking about clients? Yes. Oh, I'm like, what? Why are y'all being so rude? I'm trying to say thank you to the patrons. Can you take that oh, out? Yeah. Yes, I'm going to take that out. No, I'm not. <laughs> no. No, thank you to the patrons. For, not the clients from the ads. We talk about the patrons and the people uh, for Marcia's Dr. Blaine. <laughs> thank no, we y'all. Really love y'all, though. Have yes, we really do. Really appreciate y'all um, really supporting us. Like, I hope y'all hear the difference in our sound from our earlier episodes episodes we all got new mics we slowly built up (laughs) we slowly built up to where we all have new better mics so we can sound better for y'all and we appreciate it and we're just gonna try to get better and better and better thank you so much Mm -hmm. thank you thank you thank you (laughs) (laughs) all right bye-bye bye y'all Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Every little thing's gonna be all right.